You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. At noon of the 10th day of April 1877, the booming of the cannon was heard, which announced that I was the heir apparent to the throne of Hawaii. Welcome back, friend. I hope you're having a lovely evening or morning or afternoon or whatever. I hope you're having a good one. As always, it's TK bringing you history nuggets from all over the world with this podcast for the love of history. As I create more podcasts, I'm slowly learning that there's a ton of stuff that I just don't know. For example, Hawaiian history. And honestly, I am ashamed to say that I my knowledge of Hawaii was quite low. I was never taught about the annexation of Hawaii in any more detail other than, hey, it was the last place to become a U.S. state. But it was so much more than that. And the last queen of Hawaii was so much more than I ever realized. And P.S. Samuel B. Dole is an asshole. So get comfy. Let's get to it. And let's talk about Queen Lily Uokalani. So first of all, we've got to start out with a crash course in Hawaiian history. The first people came to Hawaii, um, the Hawaiian Islands, as early as 400 CE, when the Polynesians from the Marquis Islands, which is about 2,000 miles away, traveled to Hawaii's big island in canoes. They were highly skilled farmers and fishermen with beautiful traditions and language and music and art and culture. Hawaiians lived in small communities ruled by chieftains, and between 1791 and 1810, King Kamehameha conquered other rulers and united the entire archipelago into one kingdom. This is where Queen Lili Uokalani comes from, this line of the Kamehameha. For the next 10 years, things were doing great after Hawaii was united. Things were going great. Everything was wonderful until the Christian missionaries came because apparently in the 1800s, everybody needed Jesus. So the missionaries came on over and started giving Jesus to people. There were about 300,000 native Hawaiians when Captain Cook arrived. And by 1853, the native population was down to 70,000, which is completely and utterly appalling. But we're going to pick up the story of Queen Liliokalani before she was known as Liliuokalani. She was born in 1838 as Lydia Kamakaea. All of the royal family people had westernized names, and then if they became a part of the secession, then they would get a more traditional name that they would then go by. Her life was very different before being named an heir to the throne. She was an accomplished musician, she was fiercely intelligent, and ridiculously, ridiculously kind. She was very well educated and began learning music at the age of seven at the Royal School for High-Ranking Children. But unfortunately, when she was 10 years old, the school closed down because of a huge outbreak of measles that killed thousands of Native Hawaiians, one of her sisters included. But her education didn't stop there. She went to Europe on tour and studied abroad, just like all the other royal families did in Europe and elsewhere. This was a proper royal family. They did all of the things that 
European royal families did and other non-European royal families did. One of the really interesting things about Lydia's educational background is she had a fantastic mix of Hawaiian and Western education, especially when it came to music. She had this really unique style of traditional Hawaiian and Western music and it was a fantastic combination. She would go on to write over 160 songs. She played the piano, the organ, the ukulele, the guitar, the zither, which I had no idea what that was until I looked it up. And she was an expert in sight reading music. She particularly loved love music. She wrote a lot of romantic songs, but she also wrote many political songs and famous waltzes and also diss tracks. Yes, you heard me correctly, friend. Diss tracks. Well, it's amazing. Let me tell you about these fantastic diss tracks. So according to Hawaiian traditions, lessons in life and morality are usually taught in music and riddles. The song Manu Kapalulu was written about the queen's annoyance with someone. She wrote about how much somebody annoyed her and it became like a hit. It's a total bop. You should listen to it, it's fantastic. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. She also wrote a song about a lawn sprinkler called Ka Willy Willy Why. Ka Willy Willy Why. Sorry, that was so slow. I want to pronounce it right. But anyways, this song was all about the time that she was sitting in her lawn and watching a sprinkler just go around and around and around and she was fascinated by it and just motivated and inspired to write a song and that's also a super bop and I will, of course, link it in the show notes. One of my favorite things about Queen Liliu Okalani is that she just so musically intelligent, but don't take my word for it. John Troutman, the American music curator at the Smithsonian National Museum of American History, said about her, her melodies reflect influences from hymns and other Western musical ideas, but the storylines, the emphasis on place and the emphasis on the people of the islands are so grounded in native Hawaiian traditions. She was one of the most successful composers in demonstrating the potential of combining all these different musical elements together, so much so that her repertoire remains at the forefront of those performed by Hawaiian musicians today. And that is super high praise coming straight out of the Smithsonian. In my opinion, the best museum in the whole wide world. <laughs> so she's got just this beautiful musical brain. But what about her personal life? What's going on in the life of Lydia before she was Queen Lily Uogalani? So we're given her personal life its own section. I just wanna talk a little bit about her personal life to shed light on how freaking awesome this woman was. Even if she wasn't the queen of Hawaii, she is still a super fantastic person and just way too kind for the world. Before becoming queen, or even before she became the heir, 
She worked tirelessly to translate Hawaiian poems, hymns, chants, and songs so that the rest of the world could get a taste of Hawaiian religion and culture. She also set up a bunch of orphanages and schools for disadvantaged homeless Hawaiian native children. She was a philanthropist above anything else. She cared for her people more than she cared for herself. She was married in 1862 to a complete garbage human who married her to get close to Lydia's brother, who happened to be the king. So the thing was, her husband was American and he was the child of a sea captain who came to Hawaii when he was just a small child. So they knew each other for a while. But the only reason that he wanted to get married to Lydia is because of her status and because he, you know, he could become closer to the king. And he wanted power something fierce and he didn't care about Lydia. He never showed her any affection. He never did anything when his own mother constantly verbally abused her by calling her an intruder in the family and never really accepting her as a real daughter-in-law. And the cherry on top of the freaking poop cake was that he had affairs and fathered a child. He never fathered a child with Lydia, then ended up having one with one of her servants. But because Lydia's heart is so big and it was her husband's natural born son, she adopted the child in 1883 and loved him as her own. Lydia's husband would continue to be unfaithful, but she loved her adopted son nonetheless. She would go on to adopt two more children later on in life, and she loved them all very, very much. She, in fact, wrote some songs about them and for them, and they're really beautiful. Like I said, she was a philanthropist to her core, and cultural preservation was really important for her. She began different trust funds and organizations to help disadvantaged Hawaiians in Hawaii, especially when it came to children. And there are still trusts and organizations in her name helping people in Hawaii to this day. And I will have links to those different organizations in the show notes. So if you are interested, please, please go check them out. Unfortunately, Lydia, Queen Lily Uokalani's life would not be all music and philanthropy. The quote I read to you at the beginning of this podcast is from the book written by the Queen called Hawaii's History by Hawaii's Queen. In 1891, this was the moment that she realized that she was going to be the next ruler of Hawaii and her life would change forever. Due to the many deaths in the family, the succession fell on her when her brother died and she inherited such a shit deal. The king before her, her brother, was horribly manipulated by the pineapple and the sugarcane businessmen of America that were taking over Hawaii a little bit at a time. He was a big partier and was heavily enabled by rich Americans wanting 
more and more of Hawaii, wanting more and more control in Hawaii. The king would rack up a bunch of debt and instead of making the king pay for it, these businessmen were like, oh no, if you just slip us a little deal about something something with the pineapple, then we won't worry about it. Oh, if you sell us this land for one cent to the acre, then we'll just call it even, no big deal. If you give us more political power, then don't worry about that $100 million debt that you've accumulated, blah, blah, blah. So what happened was basically because the king was in debt, parts of Hawaii was slowly being sold off. Finally, all of these underhanded dealings ended in something called the Bayonet Constitution. So what was the Bayonet Constitution? Well, in 1887, the constitution of the Hawaiian kingdom changed to this new one. And it basically said that the Hawaiian monarchy would be stripped of its authority and the power would be given to these American and European businessmen. So essentially, the monarchy had no power at all. Not, not even essentially. Literally, they had no power. So these white business guys from America just waltzed right in and they took over Hawaii. So by the time Lily Uokalani came to power, she essentially had no power. The pineapple and sugar businessmen were not having this new female ruler. She was making a brand new constitution. She pled to the government to adopt the new constitution that she wrote because these pineapple and sugar people made up the majority of the government officials in Hawaii and therefore would never elect to reinstate her monarch powers. So she went to the American government to plead for her country back. Not two years after she became the queen, these dirtbag businessmen were not happy with all of the resistance they were getting from the queen and her people. She was making life real, real difficult for them. And how dare she be a woman also? How very rude. They could not abide by a queen. So guess what they did? They staged a freaking coup, which is basically a hostile military takeover. On January 1893, these businessmen who had formed the Committee of Safety, what they were protecting other than their own butts, I have no idea. So this Committee of Safety sent 300 armed Marines around Iolani Palace, where the queen was, and demanded that she renounce her position and give them all the power. So shady. So shady. And because she didn't want bloodshed, she didn't want the Hawaiian people she loved so much to be hurt or killed, she said this. Now, to avoid any collision of armed forces and perhaps loss of life, I do understand this protest and, impelled by said forces, yield my authority until such time as the government of the United States shall upon the facts being presented to it undo the action of its representative and reinstate me in the authority which I claim as the constitutional sovereign of the Hawaiian Islands. So long story short, she renounced her power as Queen of Hawaii. Then... Samuel B. Dole and the rest of his little cronies created a brand new government. And when I say Samuel Dole, I do mean the fruit guy. 
dole fruit, the pineapple, the oranges. You've seen them in the grocery store. You've seen them in Disney. This man, with the rest of his friends, created the Republic of Hawaii, and Samuel B. Dole became the first president of Hawaii, the Republic of Hawaii. But just because they stripped her of her power, Queen Lili Uokalani did not give up. She kept on pleading with the U.S. government to give her her country back. But after two failed investigations and refusal on both sides to come to terms, Queen Lili Uokalani was found guilty of treason after an unsuccessful attempt at a reverse coup to restore her to the throne. And she was sentenced to five years hard labor, but it was brought down to eight months in a tiny room in her palace. And she was not allowed to go outside and read the news or have access to instruments. And she was restricted access to different people. Only a few people could come in and see her. She was finally released and made one more plea to the U.S. government. But once again, she was rejected. She finally went back to Hawaii and lived out her life. Soon after, Hawaii would be annexed and turned into a state after the Spanish-American War when the U.S. just conveniently realized it would be really awesome to have a naval force in the Pacific. So, literally eight days after the end of the war, which was August 13th, 1898, Hawaii was annexed on August 21st, 1898. Hawaii lost its last ruling monarch on November 11th, 1917, when Lily Uokalani died of a stroke at the age of 79 at her Washington Place home. Reports of that day say at midnight, the royal rain fell lightly on the procession as her body was taken from Washington Place to the throne room of Iolani Palace, where she lay in state. When she arrived there, there was intermittent thunder, which was believed to be a good omen. And now, her final resting place is in the Royal Mausoleum at Mauna Ala. That was a pretty heavy ending, guys. And I don't want to end on a sad note because I don't want your last thoughts of Queen Lily Uokalani to be sad. So today I'm leaving you with an uplifting final thought. While Queen Lily Uokalani was in prison, she wasn't allowed to have correspondence with people outside. I think on Instagram I told you guys about the newspaper wrapped flowers and she would read those newspapers that the flowers were wrapped in and they were given to her by some supporters. But here's another super cool story from her time while she was in prison. The queen anonymously wrote secret songs with secret messages telling people how she came to be imprisoned. The people who did the imprisoning couldn't read the native Hawaiian language, so it was like a secret code without actually being a secret code. And the following week, someone published a response in song lyrics saying, we have heard you, O heavenly one, our ruler, and we support you. Lily Uokalani followed with another reply, 
My love for you will never be broken. I will always be grateful for your support. This anonymous correspondence went on for three months and was eventually set to music in 1895, which that is so cool. These secret messages got turned into an awesome song. And finally, in a final show of grace and forgiveness, to Samuel B. Dole and his other horrible business partners. The queen wrote in the song, The Queen's Prayer, about the wrongs she and her people have suffered. But remarkably, in the third verse, she says this, despite these wrongdoings, we must forgive them. And the native Hawaiian and historian, Amy Stillman, said it better than I could ever say it. This was her Christian heart, and this was her aloha. She lived aloha. She led with aloha. She modeled aloha for her people, and she continues to model aloha for us. Thank you so much for your time, friend. I hope you enjoy listening to these podcasts as much as I love making them. If you have time, I would really, really appreciate it if you would subscribe and write a review if you enjoyed today's podcast. You don't have to. It would just be lovely. Just a little reminder that I will leave links to different sources for further education on Hawaiian history and culture, as well as different charity organizations if you feel so inclined to go check those out. And as always, there will be pictures on the Instagram. I will also be having the next round of topic selection polls. So please go check those out. Stay safe. Take care of yourself. Have a great day wherever you are. And until next time, bye. Why is there a metronome right now? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs>